Welcome to the Tim Hill Podcast. In this episode, I'm going to have a chat with Phil. Phil's going to tell us all about his life. So Phil, if you can tell me where and when you were born, if you can describe what it was like where you grew up, the schools you went to, and the education that you received. So Phil, where you go? All right. Well, thanks for having me, Tim. I grew up in the United States, in Ohio. And it was in northern Ohio, and the, the geography isn't really important other than we had really cold winters and a lot of snow. I went to, <clears throat> excuse me, I went to school, at L, one building for elementary all the way through high school, and we had about 70 people in my graduating class, so kind of a small school, grew up there and went to college about an hour west of there by car. A, a little town called Bowling Green. Again, town with a lot of snow. Mm-hmm. And and I studied computer science in college, graduated. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Slow, slow down. All right. <laughs> so, so, so you've gone from elementary school and you're off <laughs> to college. <laughs> so, took a, took so, a quick tour. <laughs> so, yeah. So that, that's, that your life will be over before you know it. Oh, I don't want to so, do that then. So let's have a, let's have a let's let's explore what it was like in your uh, your elementary school. Uh, you had a lot of snow during the winter, so did you ski to school? That's a big question. No. Did you put, put your, no, your your no. planks on and and ski ski your way to school? No, that would have been nice, but no, it, we it was very flat land where I grew up. <clears throat> we did, <clears throat> excuse me, we did go skiing on vacation a couple of times, and. Mm-hmm. But no, it, and it was, you know, a small school kind of, and, and we lived out of town, but the town itself was very small. And the good, good side of having the small school is you got to be really good friends with all your classmates. Hmm. And, and so, you know, like I said, we had 70 people that graduated in that class. Most of them had been, we had been together since elementary maybe all the way from kindergarten all the way through senior in high school. And, and so we became very close. I still have close friends from that class that mm-hmm. I, I will, you know, my, my mom still lives up in that area. And so when I go to visit her, I'll visit my friends as well. And, and that was neat having those, mm-hmm. having those folks and, and still having them in my life, uh, you kind of build a, a lifelong friendship with, with people from that school. So what was the actual area like? I mean, it, obviously it wasn't snowy all the year round. No. Um, no. Did you have like the four seasons where, where you knew when 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 spring was going to kick in, you knew when summer was going to come to an end into the fall and then and then wait for the first snow to fall in, the, in the fall uh, September, early October? <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. And the way it worked since we were on the lake was, you know, in the spring, the lake is colder than the land. And so therefore, if you live close to the lake, you have a late spring. And mm-hmm. so we had people, for instance, we had a track meet and the other team came up and they said, are you kidding me? We are an hour south of here and it was 70 degrees Fahrenheit and we're up here and it's about 45 degrees Fahrenheit. What is wrong with you people? But, but, but it works the opposite way in the fall because now the water is warmer than the land. Yeah. So for a while in the fall, you've got milder weather. The 
problem with the lake is it will generate a lot of snow. They call it lake effect snow. So we would get yeah. snow dumped on us in the winter. And it was nice. I mean, you know, you build snow forts, make snowmen, all that sort of thing. When you're growing up, you kind of like those kind of things. Now I'm I'm not so fond of snow anymore, but as a kid, it was a really <laughs> neat, neat kind of weather to have. Uh, it was, you like said, I said, it was, oh, go ahead. You, you said that another school came up to, to, to have a track meeting. What sort of track are you talking about? Is it running? Running, yeah. Running yeah. and um, it's called track and field. So there's running, jumping, throwing the discus, all that kind of. All, right. all that kind of fun stuff. Yeah, so, that was so they, they they dripped a bit because it was so cold, and they, they were and they not all around in little skimpy shorts, were they? Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's the home field advantage. Yeah, and, and did, did was it an advantage? I mean, did did it did he give you that edge? Not. I'm trying to think. We we were all right that year. It, I want to say it was either the next. Yeah, it was. I want to say the next year that track team after I graduated that track team went all the way to the state championships and and they were recently the whole team was inducted into our school's hall of fame and um so they had a lot of but but it wasn't the weather that was the advantage they had people that could jump really high and run really <laughs> fast so that that tends to be better advantage when it comes to track and field fair one but he used it, used it as the, the excuse anyway for doing so well. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, exactly. So you, you got sort of your late spring and then you got your late summer as well going into the autumn. So yes, w w was it a bit like sort of New England with the trees changing colour or is it a bit more stark than that? Did no, you, it, it was... The line? It was like New England. I mean, we didn't have as many trees. And mm. but but we did on our property, we had a lot of maple trees. And and it was nice to see them change colors. And then it wasn't nice when we had to rake leaves when they all <laughs> fell. But you, you take the good with the bad. You know, as as a kid, you're yeah. like, oh, I gotta go out and rake leaves again. But it, it was like I said, it was it was neat. We had the four seasons. The summer was since we were on the lake summer was a lot more traffic because people came up to be on the lake to go fishing and that kind of thing. So the road was a lot more crowded on the summer, but the other three seasons, we, nobody paid us much attention and we just enjoyed the weather. So I suppose during, during the summer, the, the, the population of the, the, the town sort of swelled to sort of four or five, six times it should have been. And right. Then, and then you could barely move. <laughs> that's that's pretty accurate. Yeah, there there was fishing and boating, and not too far away an amusement park with all the roller coasters and Ferris wheels and all of that. So they it was quite the draw in the summer for people to come yeah. up there for a week or a weekend. Hmm. And, and what about during the winter time? Did you have the um, was there a skiing area that people could go to or? or was it a bit too flat for that? It was it was too flat. I mean, we had I, I remember two hills because I in the fall we would run what was called cross country and it was a two and a half mile race. And I remember on our course there was like one small hill and we would when we practiced there was another small hill, but nothing it was it was flat, flat country. Mm. 
So I guess uh, ice hockey came into it a bit then. We did not have uh, a hockey team, but there was there was hockey in in the nearby cities. Um, mm. We only, you know, small school. We only had I want to say one or two sports per season as options. Yeah, I guess you didn't have a football team either then. We did. We we actually cool. did. We just we had just enough. Uh, a lot of kids played football, and yeah, they were pretty good. They. Uh, they one of the kids from a class two years later wound up playing uh, college football at Division One, so they had some uh, good football players. And then basketball, basketball in the uh, winter—that's always easy to find half a dozen yeah. guys to fill out the basketball <laughs> yeah, roster. Go inside, <laughs> yeah, go inside, right? Exactly. <laughs> right around inside the gym, yeah, that's right. easy. Anybody yep. could do that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So, so then you progressed on to uh, uh, through elementary to junior high. So, mm-hmm. how was your junior high? Did you, you was the same school, all the same mates? Yes, yeah, it, exactly. So, there, it was you could walk from the kindergarten classroom through the various buildings. It was all attached and get all the way to the high school. So, it, there was one part of the building that was two stories high. And, and the second story was where we had our junior high classroom mm. for the most part. And, and yeah, same, same group. And did you have any outcasts come in? Oh yeah. You would have, I, I wouldn't call them outcasts, but we had people that <laughs> you know, moved in. I, and a few people moved away. I remember a couple, but um, it, it seemed like more, you, you had people coming in and, and then they, they would fit in. If, if you know, they might be a basketball player or, uh, yeah. or a, a, someone who runs track or you just meet them in your class and, and the classes were small. So mm-hmm. you just, we, we didn't really have a lot of clicks. Like if you were, if you joined our class, you know, we, we enjoyed hanging out with you. There weren't that many people to be picky about, Oh, we were not going to be friends with you. <laughs> and what were the girls like? But I, but I, the same, same, they come out the same packet. Yeah, I, I, they probably had some clicks. I, I didn't notice the the clicks. I noticed the girls, but, mm-hmm. but not you know not the clicks and the and that sort of thing as much. Um, so, it, and there again, you know, you you made friendship friends with the girls too, and mm. because. Yep, seventy people. About half of them are girls, and any classmate they have twenty people. So uh, you you wind up, yeah. and and you know there's there's the group that are going into their job or 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 some vocation right after school, and then there's a the group that are going on to college. So that that yeah. was kind of a, a division, and so you had the same classes with the same people pretty much, and and so if you didn't get along, you're in trouble. <laughs> so. You rubbed along all right with pretty much most everybody mm-hmm. um, through junior high. And then what about high school? But obviously you just progressed straight the way through. Uh, and what did you do at the end of high school? Okay, what so was, end of high school. Go ahead. Did you go into college? I did. Yeah. Yep. So I uh, went to – well, I the first two years there was a 
a school where I could drive back and forth and stay at home and save money. So I did that for the first two years and started studying computer science. And then the last two years, I moved to a, a town called Bowling Green, Ohio, and attended Bowling Green State University and got my degree in computer science. Mm -hmm. So what did that entail, computer science? What sort of years for that? Uh, so computers, I guess, were sort of, must have been in the infancy or? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I was just after, back, just before I got into college, they were still using cards where they would type in and then it would punch holes in the card and then you would have to read them into the computer. I missed all of that. Uh, thank goodness, because you know you, you had your program on a big deck of cards, and if you dropped the deck of cards, you were in trouble. Oh. <laughs> and I heard horror stories. I never had to experience that. But mm. but you would. So it was the programming of computers and different learning different computer languages. For me, it was kind of finding what I did like and did not like. Uh, you know, I I just decided I'm going to go study computer science because the computers seem to be the way to go. And I've mm -hmm. got an uncle that is in the computer field and he drives a Corvette. So they must, <laughs> they must pay people well if they go do computer stuff. <laughs> and so that was, that was that. And, and once I got in there, then I realized, okay, some of the things about computers I like, and some of them I don't. So that kind of steered me toward the, the mm -hmm. eventual career. Yeah. So what was the career after that then? So we're, so you, you obviously graduated uh, after four years in college with a degree in computer science. So where mm -hmm. did that lead you? So about two years in, I realized that you, you could do one of two things. You could program the computers to you know, run payrolls and, and, and uh, you know, what whatever do reports and and whatever you needed to run your business mm. or you could be the person who actually programmed the computer to do the things computers do like the the really hard language and that sort of thing mm. and i was not that second person i i struggled <laughs> through that kind of stuff it just it made no <laughs> sense to me so i got a job as a computer programmer and and it was actually in with a company where I had to help do their pro their programming for payroll and mm. for the benefits they gave people and things like that. So it, that turned out to be the fit. And I think that's the benefit of college. One of them, yeah, they, you yeah. know, you also learn a lot of social things, but you just, you know, you say, Oh, well I need to figure out what I want to do. Right. Even, mm. even though I said, I know I want to work with computers. I still needed to figure out that's, that's a very big world. What, yeah. what's the sub, area that I need to be in. And, and so I did that and got the job programming computers at a company in the Cincinnati, Ohio area. All right. So Cincinnati. So you, did you move to Cincinnati after you, mm -hmm. you, you graduated and did you yeah. go to any Bengal games? <laughs> no, you see, I, I have been to Bengals games. Yes. Uh, not, not this year when they were good, but, I have been. Um, I grew up close to Cleveland, so I I would go to Cleveland oh, Browns. Browns. Yeah, mm. yeah. So you into the Browns then? Yeah, so yeah. So I took that, that love with me. <laughs> how did that go down? Well, when there you were came to town, 
there were enough people that were recruited from other parts of the country that you would at least have a few people that liked your team uh, much the same that you did. And and of course the majority of people were, were Cincinnati Bengals fans. And, 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 you know, back when I started it, it was a good debate about, because both teams were pretty good. And so we would give each other grief. And, And then for, I don't know, 15 years, both teams were awful. And so we, the argument would be which team sucks worse. And, <laughs> and, and now, you know, they, they're starting to be good again. So the, the debate rages on. Mm. I suppose it opens up dialogue. <laughs> yeah. It, 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 yeah. And, and, and that was kind of the cool thing about joining that company. There were people they brought in from various areas of the country for, with their recruiting class. And, and then there were events and, and that was one of the times I went skiing was they took a company trip to, you know, we rented a van and, and went up to an area where we could ski for a while. So you kind of made friends that way. Uh, we played softball together and golfed and, and that kind of thing. Yeah. So, so that's team building, was it? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So because the group I worked with were mostly older married people. You know, and I say older, they, they were young compared to where I'm at today. Right. But, but when you're 22, they are older. And so you needed to make friends with people in the other group, just kind of to, to have that camaraderie. So how long were you at that company for? I was with that company from 1986 to 2001. In 2001, they were acquired by that company was called, was named champion international in 2001, they were acquired by International Paper, and I landed a job with International Paper, and I'm still with International Paper. So, okay. so is that a paper company? Do they they produce paper, or do they buy paper in and distribute it, or how does that work? So this is this is the funny part. Uh, they sold off all their paper business. They recently in the last year <laughs> they do uh, boxes. So if you order something from Amazon.com, it, yeah. it could very well be in an international paper box. Uh, that's the majority of the business. Um, and and boxes, you know, I, Amazon is the easy example, but there's yeah. boxes for everything. Yeah. And the other yeah. thing we do is um, pulp. So filling for diapers and uh, feminine care products and that kind of thing, yeah. it would likely have our products too. Okay. And, and and what's your involvement with all of that then? So I stayed in the information technology field. I went from computer science to information technology because that mm-hmm. you know sounds fancier, I guess. Um, and I have been in a variety of different roles. Recently, it was the uh, business information manager. So the guy who worked between the programmers and the business uh, to, to translate. So, you know, I'm kind of an interpreter uh, (laughs) between business and nerds. Um, And and I did that for the pulp group. And then more recently, it's been uh, we're working on the five year strategic plan for the uh, for the IT information technology group. I've been working on that. So what were you doing for the company before they were bought out? Same same thing or? For that first 15 years for Champion or however many that was, 
I was in the various human resource systems. So, mm -hmm. I, you know, a little bit of benefits and payroll and pension. And then um, eventually I was managing that whole group. And then when, when we got bought out, then they said, well, we don't, you know, we've already got somebody who runs our payroll. So, yeah. but, but if you want to try this project, and I was like, yeah, sure. I'll try that project. And, and so I did a variety of different projects. And, and the cool part was some of it was manufacturing systems. So you get to go to paper mills, which yeah. the, just you, the scale and how, how huge the rolls of paper are just kind of blew me away. So I always enjoyed touring them and, and seeing, okay, this is what we're actually creating for people. We don't have paper mills anymore, but at yeah. the time they were cool to look at. So I guess there's a, a vast array of um, paper products. I mean, especially if you if you're dealing with with, with boxes. I mean, a box can either be a sheet of card that's folded, or it can be corrugated paper. Yep. So, so did you have any involvement in that side of the business of of designing the product or 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 procuring the, the 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 raw materials. I have I have never been on the box side of the business. I will I will tell you that the the one thing I did worked on the materials and as the business information manager was with the diaper pulp and all that. And I I will tell you that one time we had a we had a meeting with the marketing group, and they and one of the people said, you know, I was talking with this consultant, and he said how can you really talk about adult diapers if you've never worn one? And, and the guy, the guy in charge of me said, that's a great idea. Let's get everybody some samples. And you can try them on at home tonight. I was like, are you? So I come home with my wife and I got this big old Walmart depends diaper and I had to wear it to give them feedback on what it felt like. <laughs> did you actually soil it to no, put it a full no I could not i could not bring myself to do that no i could not <laughs> i guess it would have saved getting up in the night <laughs> i just i wore it for a while i was like okay i've got enough notes that i can tell them tomorrow how it felt and <laughs> yeah so. Could have been a big practical joke on me. Maybe they were all like, "Hey, we're going to make him wear them, and we'll all say we're going yeah. to." I don't know, but yeah. yeah, the things we do for the job. Absolutely. So, so I guess that was the marketing side of it. To yeah. Know the product that you were trying to hog. So, so were you on that side of the business, or or, or I, just putting together the the system to be able to the the system, and um, you know, we were developing some things apps for the iPad and the iPhone and that kind of thing. So I was in all their meetings and, and you know, for the most part, they were fun meetings. That one probably wasn't in the top 10% of all meetings, but <laughs> for the most part, yeah, it, it was, it's a lot of fun learning about yeah. the business and, and yeah. So, so did you mentioned Apple? Did you, did you have meetings with, with Apple themselves? Um, did you go and meet Steve Jobs and Tim Cook, or oh, if only or, no, or no. you're dealing with a sort of the, the minions that a bit further down the food chain. In, in general, whatever company we're talking about, it's the minions further down the food chain. So mm -hmm. uh, it would have been nice to meet Steve Jobs when he was around, or Tim Cook now, yeah. but but no, no, we're we're um, 
a little bit below their pay grade, I think. <laughs> so, but you're still using their system. So you're still um, yeah. developing apps for their system. For, so for their, so yeah. you actually develop apps for them, uh, for, for the iPad. and We, well, um, again, I didn't do the developing. I, I took the requirements and worked with the developers to say, okay, here's what we need. And it was all internal. We talked about doing yeah. some things external, but this was all internal. So for example, if I'm a sales manager and I, I call on you to show you things about our product, there's an app and I can say, okay, here's a video of, of what we're doing at our paper mill and, and or our pulp mill. And, and here's, here's some comparisons and some brochures. And if you like something, I just click something and it emails you a copy or shares you shares a copy. It was that kind of thing. Yeah. So it was, it, it was uh, uh, running off the back of Apple's um, infrastructure. Exactly. And you, uh, yeah. and, and you develop an app to, to run on that. Uh, on exactly. native, I guess. And the funny yeah. thing I learned was yeah, I was talking with some of the sales managers and especially the ones that were working in Latin America said, when I go into a company to try and sell our diaper pulp, I normally talk with the owner and it's a, it's kind of a status symbol that the owner has an iPad. And if I come up with something, go in there with something other than an Apple product, I look kind of like below them. And, and when I come in with my iPad and say, check out my app, then we're, we're connected simply because we're both using Apple products. Yeah. And, and I guess Apple products from personal experience, um, way back when I, I had to use, um, Microsoft products, they drove me nuts. <laughs> Absolutely broke me. I, years and years ago, um, I used to do quite a bit of graphics work and a bit of video stuff as well. And I had a Windows, Windows machine built to do the job and it just didn't, just wouldn't do what I wanted it to do. And somebody said, well, you want to get an Apple? And, and yep. this is the time that the... The, the the Apple Cube came out, um, so, uh -huh. so I I bit the bullet, uh, bought one of these. I haven't looked back, and I, I <laughs> I'm now using an, an M1 iMac to do just about everything. I've got two iPads sat here and a, a MacBook Air. <laughs> yep. So yep. I'm, I've got an iPhone 12. <laughs> so yep. I'm a Mac fan. Yep, so but, am I. So, Windows my, uh... stuff broke me it really did my <laughs> oldest son is 26 years old when he graduated from high school we got him a macbook and he is still using it eight years later i've, I've never had a windows machine that lasted that long ever but the thing i don't like about the the, the windows machine is that when they bring out uh, a new operating system it's full of bugs. Yes. And they expect the users to sort out the bugs for them. Whereas Apple pretty much have got it nailed when they bring out a new operating system. Mind yep. you, having said that, I did have a problem when, when we went, I forget which, which it went from, but I, I, I had the Adobe Creative Suite. And yep. it was a disc and, and you know, I paid a lot of money for the disc. For, for the programs on there. And um, then I upgraded my MacBook Pro 
winner, I forget which which it went to. It, it went to Sierra or something like that. Mm-hmm. And then, then it didn't work. It, it you had to go to the um, uh, web based uh, Adobe right. product. Yeah, oh, no. <laughs> oh, I know it can be it can be a pain, but yeah, yeah, I'm with you. I I prefer the Apple experience. Yeah. Mm. So that's that's what I use nowadays, and 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 I use Adobe um, Audition to do the ed- the, the video edit the audio editing. Premiere Pro to do the um, the video editing, a bit of Photoshop to put in the backgrounds and bits and pieces, and um, I use InDesign for. I'm just starting to use InDesign again. I'm, I'm looking at doing the um, the podcast as a blog. So okay, yeah, yeah. But I've yet to find a decent transcriber that that, that that does it properly. Yeah, I'm I'm there with you. I'll I'll be saying something to, and I'm not going to say either of the names of the virtual assistants because they'll kick off in the background. But I'll say something, and they're like, "Did you say this?" I'm like, "No, that is not what I said. <laughs> yeah. It's entirely not what I said. How could you think that's what I said?" So. Yeah, they, they have a they have a job understanding English at times. Well, they, have, they, have, they have a job understanding my English, put it that way. <laughs> you can you can tell them you've got whatever type of accent. I don't know how well it works because I they still don't get me all the time. Yeah. Anyway, it's, it's, I guess that that's something that's a, a work in progress at the moment. Yeah, that that makes sense. So, Phil. Yes. Bring bring us a little bit um, further forward. So you, you you worked 15, 16, 17 years for Champion, and then you got bored out, and you you've gone to this other company, <laughs> international right. paper that that doesn't have any paper anymore. <laughs> but they they make boxes and and pulp to fill nappies and diapers and things. Um, <laughs> They have to do something. Right. <laughs> paper mills left. Exactly. Um, right. So when when did you get your old dicky ticker? When did ah, that start rearing its ugly head? That reared its ugly head in the year 2015. So the uh, August of 2015, I was with my son at summer camp at, for Boy Scouts. Mm-hmm. And it, we went there. We, we we went there every year, and this particular year, I'm suddenly realizing that the same hills we climbed up are suddenly feeling much higher, and I'm getting out of breath all the time, and, and I I just know something's off. And actually, about four months before then, I had run into a friend of mine, and I had asked him, "Well, how you doing, Tom?" And he said, "Well, I recently had a heart attack," and I'm like you know, this guy's my age, my size, what, mm. that doesn't happen, does it? And, and so I said, yeah, well, tell me more. And, and Tom is a preacher and a speaker. And, and so when you say, tell me more, you get a lot more. Uh, but, but he told me, <laughs> the, right? he told me the whole history of, of his heart issues and, and how he noticed 
you know, three months before I was starting to feel tired and, and I'm watching TV at 9 PM and I fall asleep, even though if I'm interested in the show. So that all registers in the back of my mind. And when I'm starting to have the going upstairs and, or going up the stairs at camp are making me winded, I'm thinking, you know, Tom mentioned that. And then, and then you start backtracking, you say, and he also mentioned that he would fall asleep while watching TV. And, you know, now that I think about it, the last couple months that's been happening to me. Hmm. And, and so I, so eventually I think, okay, I'm ha having some issues here. I had a little chest pain one night. I'm going to need to go to the doctor, but, but not next week. Cause I'm going out to Las Vegas and, and, and not the week after, because we've got a team meeting in Myrtle beach. So, hmm. you know, sometime I'm going to go to the doctor and, it turned out Thursday of that week was the day I went to the doctor because yeah. that's when I, I had the heart attack and I got to ride out of the camp in an ambulance. So that was fun. Did, oh. uh, did any of the boys have to um, practice their first aid drills? On no. no, it was, it was one of those things where I felt bad and I went to the nurse and she said, your blood pressure really dropped. And about that time, my wife called and the nurse said, can I have your phone? And I said, yeah. And she grabs the phone and says, says to my wife, look, if this is my husband, I'd call 911. Because one of the things when your blood pressure, and mine was normally high, when your blood pressure yeah. tanks, that's your heart trying to say, I don't want to kill you. So I'm gonna, your body drops your blood yeah. pressure. So they, they took me to the hospital and they did some tests. And there's some enzyme that you had that is in your blood when you've had a heart attack. And they said, yeah, you had a small heart attack. So that was, that was the start of the Dickie ticker. Mm -hmm. And the next, the next day they put in a couple of stents. There were a couple of blocked arteries and, and it was probably a year to get fully recovered after that. And what was that process like? So they put me into therapy uh, I, I want to say three times a week and, and <clears throat> they would like put you on a treadmill or a stationary bike or do some walking. And then on days when I wasn't doing that, my wife and I were walking progressively larger distances to kind of work back into it. Mm -hmm. uh, they gave me different medicines to kind of manage my blood pressure and that kind of those kind of things. Uh, and there was the diet and the stress management and there were classes around that. And, and the therapy was about three months. Mm -hmm. And then after that, it was continuing with the exercise and getting stronger and healthier. And a relative of my wife's warned me, he said, when, when I had this heart attack, it was about a year uh, before I was fully recovered. He said, and even in that year, I would have times when we would be out shopping or something and I, and it was just, that was it. I had hit the wall. I could do no more. I was tired. And so my wife would have to drive me home and, and, and he told me all this and I thought, Oh, that can't happen to me, but it surely did. And, and so we would be out shopping or something. And I would say, you know, you and you and the sons go on ahead and shop some more. I'm going right over here and sitting down. And then um, after that, we'll go home and I'll go to bed. And, and you couldn't, you couldn't predict it. Uh, outside yeah. of we wouldn't like try to do three things at once or, you know, we wouldn't go, okay, we're going to do grocery shopping and dinner and, and some more shopping. You, we did one thing, but even then some nights your heart would just say, no nope, time for bed.
Yeah. So were you working all through this or, or did you have to clear <coughs> out or so what, what, was, what was the plan there? For about three months, I gradually worked back into doing the job. Um, some of it was from home and some of it, I would go into the office, but on, on limited duty, I would say for the first two weeks or so there, I, I was doing nothing and then slowly worked back into it. Um, and, and then <clears throat> after that, given the fact that I had the long career with one company, even though it yeah. got bought out, it still all counts as one. I have a lot of vacation and what the, uh, what the cardiologist, no, I'm sorry, the, the uh, surgeon told me was he's, he said, you need to manage your stress. And he said, one week out of every three months, you should take the week off. And I had six weeks vacation, so I could do that. That's four weeks right yeah. there. And, and so he told, he said that in front of my wife, so I had to do it. And <laughs> yeah, that's how that worked. And, and yeah, so, I, I can see the thumbprint on your head. Yeah, exactly. You under the thumb. <laughs> well, and she said, you know, it's end of March, and you said you've been back full time for three three months, and you said you're going to take one week off. So it was my son's spring break, and we took a week off, and just kind of enjoyed, you know, a, a day trip to the zoo, and then another one to the art museum, and just kind of unplugged and recharged, and, and that helped a lot. It really did. It, and I still take, we, we try to average about one week every three months of, mm -hmm. of taking time off. It doesn't, we don't have to go on vacation. Uh, you know, I think before we started, we were talking that I'm coming over your way in June. Uh, yeah. And uh, so it, it might well, be going to take a bit more than a week for that. Well, that's true. That's true. But I got six in total, so I'm all right. It, it might be that, or it might just be, you know, hanging out at home and uh, just taking some walks and maybe going to a park. Bit of chillaxing. Chillaxing. That's a good word. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. See, I've, I've got a thing about, um, I suppose it's, it's, it's more to do with worrying, but worrying gives you stress. So the way I look at it is if there's nothing you can do about it, there is no point in worrying about it. Exactly. You can, if you can do something about it, then there's no point in worrying about it. You just do it. That yep. way, you don't get stressed. Yep. And, it's and, and it works. It, it, it absolutely does. And that's that's one of the things I had to learn was stop stressing and worrying about the things I don't control. And yeah. and like you said, if, if you can do something about it, then do it. Yeah. But but don't just about it. think about it. Yeah. And, and it's funny when I came back to work, my boss said, you know, before you left, you had this pet project you wanted the company to do. And, and we looked at it, we decided we're not going to do it. And I said, okay. He's like, okay. Because the old Phil would have, you know, thrown stuff and cried and yelled. Yeah. And, and, and I said, yeah, I mean, you know, I, I pitched it. You, we couldn't do it. There's not much I can do to change that. Um, okay. And he said, well, what's changed with you? <laughs> and I wanted to just like say, I, I don't know if you know this, but I've been off because of a heart attack. But I was, <laughs> I, I was just like, you know, bud, it, I've had this heart attack and it's forced me to reassess how I deal with, with things like this. 
and there's nothing I can say or do that's going to bring that project back. So, yeah, okay. So, there you go. No point in worrying about it. Exactly. No so that's, yeah. that's the way that you live your life now, I guess. So, <laughs> so you don't worry, you don't get stressed. As much as possible, I try not to. Um, and, and the one thing I've learned is especially how when you wake up, the first thing you do in a day can really set, set you up for success or failure. And there, there's a study that came out of Harvard University where they split the group in two, into two groups. And the one group was given just three minutes of bad news to start their day, which I would assume is just turn on any news to start the day right now. <laughs> bad, right? Yep. And, and the other group was given three minutes of solution-focused news, positive things. And at the end of the day, the group that had the bad news to start their day with just three minutes was 27% more likely to say they had a bad day. Mm -hmm. So I am... I get up a little early before I need to do anything. And I just do some positive things it, uh, we have dogs. So mm -hmm. if you get up and you let the dogs out and you feed the dogs, you are off to a positive start because dogs yes. think that people are the most wonderful creatures in the world. And, and so, you know, they see you and they wag their tail and they're happy and I'm happy. And just starting the day that way really helps with things that could go if the day will go, if the day's going wrong later, you had that positive start, and you're much more likely yeah. to be able to deal with it. Yeah. Well, I have a cat, and <laughs> and the ship's cat. Yeah. <laughs> he he rules the roost. Oh he, yeah. He'll he'll come in and jump all over us about sort of five o'clock in the morning, demanding that we get up and feed him. Yeah. So, feed me, servant. Yep. And we are his servants. <laughs> and we've got two cats in the house at the moment. So it's, it. it's double, double the trouble. <laughs> it's it, it's more than double because then they fight with each other and play with each other. So, Well, they they, 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 they just keep each other at sort of arm's length, really. They just well, that's true. Looking yeah. at each other. It's quite yeah, funny because we've got our son staying with us in the, uh, before he moves into his new house or his new flat. So... <laughs> So nice. We've been been here for a few weeks. So, yeah, we have three dogs and one cat, and the cat rules the roost. I mean, little tiny cat and these great big dogs, and they will like walk around and and yeah. and give the cat because they, they don't want to go. <laughs> and the cat knows it too. Yeah. So he he, he wanders through all brazen and everything. Yep. Yeah, I know the. You ain't gonna mess with me. Yeah. <laughs> So, tell us about your baseball bats and your hockey stick behind you. Ah, yeah. that all so, about? So, the hockey stick is from, I found it in a thrift store around here. And the Cincinnati, they were called the Stingers, were a World Hockey Association team in the late 1970s. And it's autographed by the members of the Stingers. And I just found it looked cool, so I put it up on the wall. The baseball bats are autographed by uh, the top one is by Hank Aaron. The second one is by Willie Mays. And then the third one is I picked it up at, a, at an auction. It's uh, Casey Blake who played for the Cleveland Indians for a period of time, which was the team I grew up with. Uh, the first two, I bought them at a warehouse store. Oh gosh, 28 years ago, something like that. When they, they just decided they weren't going to carry baseball bats anymore, autograph bats yeah. anymore. So I got them for half price. 
and they sat in boxes for, I think we, I got them up on the wall two years ago. So oh, wow. about 26, 28 years, they sat in boxes until I finally said, okay, I'm going to mount them on the wall. Yeah. It's the old story. If you tell a man yeah. to do something, he'll get around to it. It may take 26 <laughs> years, but you don't need to be you know, reminding him. <laughs> and I guess they come in handy if you've got burglars sneaking in in, in the night. <laughs> Yeah, you know yeah, I don't, well, I've got other I've got other non-autograph bats because I don't want to get blood stains on my autograph bats. All right, <laughs> go have a weapons, Andy. Yeah, 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 we got we got weapon bats and autograph bats. Yeah, <laughs> wicked. So where are we now? Then you you bring us right up to date. So, I I have written a book about about the whole you know one of the things i did to manage stress was start to publish a list of hey here are the great things that happened in my life today and just put it out on facebook and it made me feel better and other people enjoyed it so mm. i've been doing that for close to six years now and people people enjoyed it so i took i took some of the posts from about three years and put them into a book and then put the stories behind it. So, you know, this is why this was a great thing. Uh, you know, here's the recipe that I was talking about when I said, what a great dinner my wife made and, and that kind of thing. And just put that together in a book and people have enjoyed it. You know, I, yeah. I, I joke that it's a best sort of seller because when we put it out there, it was free and it became the number one, best-selling free book on Kindle about stress management. So, it, so the, the joke is I sold thousands yeah. of copies and made zeros of dollars. And, yeah. and so if you don't make any money, is that a bestseller? I don't know. It's sort of is, you know, my bank says no, but. I mean, it's kind of up there, isn't it? Yeah. So, but, but the, the thing was, I wanted to do something that people would enjoy reading and, and it would help people that were going through stressful times. And the feedback I've gotten is that it did that. So that's, that's nice. I, if it had sold a million dollars, I would have taken the money, but that wasn't the goal. The goal was to help people. It's, it's, it's like my podcast. I, I do it for the love of doing it. I, I'm right. not interested in making money from it. All I want to do is for people to leave a legacy for future generations. So they know what we, we did in this time uh, yeah. in history. Yeah. I love that. I think I'm achieving that. Yeah. Slowly. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> one, and, one person at a time. That's right. That's right. And and I, that's why I like doing the podcast is I'm meeting people from around the world and just having genuine conversations, enjoying enjoying the time. And uh, yeah. it's it's just, it's a lot of fun. Yeah. The hope is that other people will benefit from it. But hey, you and I are having yeah. fun today. Absolutely. And, 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 and it, Everybody I've done so far, have, they've all said that this is a unique format that I use. Mm -hmm. No, nobody else seems to be using this format. So um, I'm enjoying it. So I'm yeah. learning about, I mean, what it's like growing up in, in different places. In yeah, different and that's really cool. Yeah. And I think that, that goes a long way to... Um, yeah, I think that goes a long way to leaving a legacy for future generations so they know what happened in the sort of 
the 50s, the 60s, the 70s, the 80s, uh, 90s, and, and the, the noughties. And, the, and, the, and now we're in the, into the 20s. The we're in the 20s, 20s again. again. Wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> in fact, I, I, I go back to the 30s. I, I've, I've done a few people that were born in the 30s. Um, so their stories are quite interesting where oh, yeah. they grew up during the war and stuff like that. Right. Oh, yeah. And I have another project on at the moment. Um, I'm, I'm part of the, the Portsmouth and Gosport History Group. Mm-hmm. And we've got a couple of projects we've got going on. There's the, the anniversary of the Falklands 40 that's coming up. And we're, uh, we're landing on an exhibition for that. And to that end, I've, I've been inter- in, interviewing Falklands veterans and getting their stories. Cool. And then, and then the first week of August, 1st to the 7th of August, we're organising lots of different events uh, for looking at behind-the-scenes stuff at, um, that people don't normally get to see. Oh, neat. In and around Portsmouth and Gosport. So... And that's that's a work in progress at the moment. So we've we've got quite a, a few venues lined up to to um, to take people behind the scenes, a small group. So it's going to be it's going to be quite good fun. Yeah. So Phil, I thank you very much for telling your story. Thank you for having me. Enjoyed talking to you. This is. Like you said, it's a unique experience. I'm glad we did it. Yeah. So am I. So this is a somebody else's tale that they can tell and that will be there for, for generations to come. For, That's right. Uh, for when your your great-grandkids are, are on their ancestry and they come up with, That's what my granddad did. That's right. My granddad. That's right. God, blimey. That's, he had a dicky ticker. Blimey. <laughs> 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 then they'll have to look up what that means. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, Phil. Thank you very much. Tim, thank you.